Nickelback. That would be some of my playlist. Um, I just cool. want to also mention that you said Nickelback, and that was also your fifth one, so you get like triple bonus gold stars. <laughs> <laughs> Love gold All right. stars. All right. Hey there, listeners. Welcome to the official WNRG podcast. We believe the best knowledge is knowledge that is shared. Throughout our podcast journey, you'll hear advice from thought leaders, gain insight into areas of expertise other than your own, and hear the inspiring stories of others. This production is made possible by the dedication of our core team. I'm Tara DeLucia. I'm Carmen Pantoja Evans. And I'm Brittany Lemaire. We are looking forward to hearing what topics are important to you. Be intentional. Stay curious. And inspire others. You can share your thoughts on our WNRG Buzz page or by tagging us. Hashtag WNRG Podcast Series. So we are excited to have Tracy Richardson in the room with us. Um, Tracy, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I have uh, been with Humana almost five years. I started in August of 2013. I just recently joined our process transformation office as a strategic consultant. Um, I'm going into my third week. Um, so I'm back into the, oh, my goodness, what am I doing? And uh, uh, what am I, what is my new role now? Um, I spent the first uh, four and a half years or so um, in the HR department, uh, either mm-hmm. initially started out in our compensation organization and then as a leadership and organizational developer. Um, I'm a Ph.D. student at the Uni- uh, University of Louisville. Congratulations. Um, a doctoral yes. candidate. Thank you. I'm studying teams and uh, creative problem solving of teams, so pretty passionate about cool. really figuring out how to help the workplace be better. How do we think about not only individual capabilities, but when we bring a group of people together, what are the things we can do to um, help make things easier and help make work more enjoyable and a better better experience? Um, so I'm, that's one of my passions and interests in getting uh, into the process transformation office. Um, in what little spare time I have, I also uh, am the mom to three wonderful children. I've got uh, two teenage twin daughters and oh a seven-year-old little boy. Sweet. You do. You stay busy. Stay busy. Tell us about your role with the uh, women's energy. Yeah, I'm. I am the metrics lead. Um, so I took this leadership role on last year um, when the Whitney uh, Kersinger um, ro- rotated off after a couple of years, and really it was an opportunity to put into practice some of what I'm trying to learn as a doctoral candidate and how to do measurement. Um, you know, we make a lot of decisions in this organization, and we have a lot of data, but a lot of times our data isn't very helpful, um, or it doesn't really inform what we're trying to do. And so I wanted to apply some of what I'm learning in my doctoral program in a more practical setting. Um, I'm pretty much a pragmatist. I really like things that seem to make sense. I like theory, but I actually want to see it play out and test it out in real world. Uh, I've been a founding member of the WNRG. I joined, you know, early on when the WNRG was first started, and I was on a number of different committees uh, doing work in the talent profile space and the TED Talks, uh, and just really was excited about an opportunity to take on a more intentional role and and step up and take on a leadership role and kind of apply some of that skill set in this space. You've been with the WNRG for a while. Yeah, that's four and a half years. Yeah. So you've seen the uh, the evolving um, 
of the metrics mm-hmm. of different events that we've had um, moving forward. Have, have you seen where, or can you give an example where, gosh, that one knocked it out of the park, you know, the, like the speaker series, for example, or, mm-hmm. or where you could see where there's improvement that needs to be had? Well, what can we do? So I think there's a couple of things. One, um, we've done a really, really good job in having high degrees of satisfaction of our participants. When I first started with the WNRG, one of the areas uh, that was of particular issue and focus was on our talent profiles. Um, And we've made a lot of progress in helping our members to understand the value behind the talent profile and increasing their engagement with that tool, which is a data tool. That is how we collect data about our talent across the organization, and so we need to have good, accurate data about our members or about our associates. Um, So I think we've seen a lot of movement and involvement and adoption and engagement from our associates, from our members of the WNRG in utilizing the talent profile and beginning to then take it, not only just putting information in, but working with it. So we've had great success with our ambassador parties where we've had folks sharing their talent profiles, sharing information about what they're interested in. The mentor circles have been phenomenal. We've seen great, great growth in that and great engagement. The other thing that we've been doing is the mini mentoring sessions. And one of the unique metrics we added to that was beyond just satisfaction, I enjoyed the topic was um, a measure of commitment to act. So what is the likeliness that based on this, I'm gonna do something? And we've seen really, really strong positive responses to that commitment to act. So I think that's another avenue of where we're seeing the messages that we're bringing to the members of the WNRG resonate, and we're bringing it in a way that they can do something with it and continue to take ownership and empowerment for their own career. And just to add a little bit of background on that, whenever we released that email, the session was full within 30 minutes of that email going out. And we had to actually um, ask Tracy to come and do another another speaker event on talent profiles because we had so many people asking us to please, like we, we would like to watch this event and we, it's full. Um, so we had to do that and we've had another NRG um, also utilize what Tracy's done with the presentation. Um, as well and share that with their membership. So thank you for doing that. Oh, well, you're welcome. And the the great talent in the enterprise talent development are continuing to build those concepts out and provide enterprise tools for that information. And then that will also become part of the new Workday. So a lot of what's in our talent profiles today will move over to Workday. Um, And there's even going to be greater visibility to things like uh, your key accomplishments those will become publicly accessible. So you can really showcase to the enterprise what your skills are, what your key accomplishments are. So we're going to be able to have much more transparency and going back to that empowerment. Empowerment to me is a lot about being able to make good decisions based on the information that you have at hand. So when we can make information more visible, what are the skills needed for certain kinds of jobs? Who am I? What is my a set of key accomplishments that other people can go see. What kind of skills am I interested in and what jobs have that kind of skill set? And I can go search for that. Then we begin to empower our our associates and our WNRG members around their own career growth and direction. 
Yeah, we spent a lot of time talking just about that in particular and just the tr like the transparency of um, what I know what I'm good at. Now, how would these skills be best used within the organization? Because you're, you're not really sure what all these titles mean. You know, yeah. you're not really sure how to break down how your experience and your education um, translates into different roles. So I'm really excited about Workday. I am day. too, definitely. Just the mobility that it's going to yeah. hopefully provide for everyone else. I'm, I'm definitely excited. Yeah, there's a lot of people working really hard in the mm. HR departments yes. and the in the uh, partner groups to make this work, and it's it's a huge heavy lift, uh, but they're doing great work. Tell us more about your career path. So we'd love to hear. Have you seen a lot of ladder movement or lattice movement, and you know what has that experience been like? I am probably one of the most winding road people you will find in terms of career path. I usually, um, when I talk with folks, especially I'm getting kind of other parents who've got kids are going into high school or college and they're thinking about they've got to make the right choice and, you know, when they go into college, it's got to be the right direction. And and I feel like I've made a pretty decent, you know, career path for me. And um, I started my career path wanting to be a dolphin researcher. Hmm. And I went to the University of Kentucky. Hmm. Let okay. that sink in for just a moment. Dolphin researcher in the ocean yeah. where there's not an ocean in no, Lexington. No, there is not. There is not. They do have a great zoology program, and do I was they? a zoology okay. major for my first couple of years. too, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, until about my junior year, and I realized I probably want to make more than $17,000 for the rest of my oh. life, and I get seasick. Oh. <laughs> that was taking risk. So, yes. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> I had become a. I had moved my major from zoology to communication and the science of communication, and I found it fascinating. Mm. And graduated with a degree in communication, of which there really isn't any job for that. No, no. I'm a communications uh, grad as well. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it's great. It's a fascinating field. Yeah, I, I love it. I love like the org part of it. And then you're like, all right, I'm going to answer phones and uh, be an administrative assistant for a while. Yeah. Well, I then went into my master's program. To be a counseling psychologist, uh, it was an applied program, and realized I don't I don't want to do that either. Uh -uh, no. Mm -hmm. um, so my brother was in human resources at the time, and I'd heard stories of kind of his career, and I thought, hmm, well, I could probably do some of that. And I was also a police dispatcher while I was going to graduate school, and began doing training, and I developed the training programs for our communications. Uh, incoming communications officers, dispatchers, and became one of the first civilian certified instructors um, at the police academy in Richmond, the state mm -hmm. academy. And so I was a certified instructor there. And then really just began to get involved in the profession through volunteering uh, with the Society for Human Resource Management and got onto committees and then board roles and then eventually became the president of the Bluegrass chapter and then um, one of the state-level um, board roles um, and did that for a number of years and continued. Bluegrass chapter of? The Society okay. for Human Resource okay. Management. Mm -hmm. um, and so I did that very early on in my career and was pretty aggressive about taking on some different opportunities. I started off um, when I went out of the world of um, police administration, police dispatch, I went into uh, disaster response and worked in our, uh, I was all in Lexington, I worked in our disaster response organization doing business continuity work and then continued to try to get into those kinds of roles. Mm -hmm. And I know it's really hard because people talk about, well, I want to go do this, but they, I have to have experience. experience. And I faced that 
many, many, many times over. Uh, I didn't have quote unquote HR experience. So I got involved as a volunteer, like I said, in, in the Society for Human Resource Management. I volunteered at my employer uh, in our HR department and got a recommendation for a lateral transfer to an administrative role. But in that administrative role, I was doing payroll and I was doing some policy work. And then that led to a, a lateral transfer into our HR department into compensation. And then I got into... Uh, a recruiting position, and then I became a trainer for the organization, and then I did a generalist role, and then I left and became a manager of HR uh, for another company, and then actually it was a, um, a an airport facility, and I had to deal with some disaster response work uh, in that space, and then I went into public health. I was the chief HR officer for the uh, public health department in Lexington for a couple of years, um, and then I was at the state of Kentucky leading a large team doing uh, talent acquisition work. So I mm-hmm. oversaw all of the hiring process for the state of Kentucky. And then I moved out into from a leadership role into an individual contributor role as a senior HR business partner for a private sector company uh, doing uh, engineering and manufacturing. It was a global company. And so I had an opportunity to begin to do merger and acquisition and senior HR business partner work. Um, and so I've had a lot of up and I've had a lot of lateral um, and most of my roles, um, I had one kind of up when I came from, went from a consultant to an HR leader when I was here uh, in the compensation department at Humana, and the rest of my moves have all been lateral since then. Um, you know, long term, I do aspire to go back into a leadership role, and so I do have conversations with my leaders and with mentors, and um, how can I go about, you know, doing that, but in the interim, or maybe for good, I can still have an influence and I can still lead people unofficially and I can find ways to grow and develop people, which is what I really enjoy doing. So the latter move versus the the uh, lattice move, I'm definitely, I'm all over that lattice. I feel like anymore, though, that's, that's everybody's story. Mm-hmm. And I think somewhere along the line, you know, we all kind of heard the wrong thing or we were, you know, that the fact that you're, you know, you're going to have this ladder movement and you're just going to keep climbing that ladder and it's just something of the past that doesn't exist anymore and the more we we talk to people and the more we normalize the fact that gaining the experience through that move laterally Mm -hmm. is what will get you possibly to the next step you know that's what's important so i like that we're normalizing it and having more conversation recognizing opportunity and going going for it yeah i i really feel that that is that's the key here especially humana we're so big so and and will you tell us a little bit about why metrics are important for something like the women network resource group sure i think it's important because it helps us to know where we are today how are we going towards the direction of our future and are the things that we're trying to accomplish as part of our vision actually happening and then being able to showcase that where we are making some really significant differences and some really significant opportunities to help uh, our associates grow, our associates stay connected with the workplace, to develop, to have lifelong careers here. Being able to showcase that and have some measures behind it that really indicate the, the significance of that I think is pretty exciting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Back to the metrics. Um, the Men as allies, uh, we worked pretty hard in 2016 to push the ally movement uh, mm-hmm. for November. And um, uh, 
we were pretty successful. We had um, close to over 100 allies join at that point in time. Uh, but do you see where we can, what we can do to maybe increase the metrics for that? Or, or what did you see during that, that year? Yeah, I think one of the things we saw is that men may not necessarily understand their role as an ally. Mm -hmm. And it, it, I think personally, I think it's just, it's an interesting tightrope because mm -hmm. we, as women, we want to move away from some sort of perspective that we need to be fixed, mm -hmm. that the reason we're, we're not advancing in certain, you know, positions or, or obtaining certain things is because there's something broken or something wrong with our capabilities and we need men to support that and, and fix that. And we've moved very far away from that perspective. And, and I think that's fantastic. And I think there's a recognition that men and women both bring really good skill sets and capabilities. We just bring different ones. And going back to my studies of communication, you know, how men and women communicate, how we see the world, how we process information is different. It can be complementary, but it's just different. So I think part of what our objective and our goal can be in terms of allies is really telling the story to men of, one, the value of just their own professional development. At the heart, the WNRG is, is really t targeting developing our associates. And we want to develop our females and our, you know, our women across uh, the organization. But that doesn't mean that the information that we're providing that's educational and good for career development doesn't apply to men as well. Mm -hmm. So there's a value proposition for men to, one, learn and grow themselves by having access mm -hmm. to this information, just as there is for any of us participating in other NRG initiatives. But I think the other part of it is for men to become aware of some of the hidden barriers and the biases that just exist in organizations uh, just inherently the way power might be established, the way we value certain kinds of roles uh, in the organization that, that women gravitate towards versus ones that men gravitate towards. And there's a lot of social pressure and a lot of social um, things that happen over time that make us think whether we're skilled enough to go into that or we have the confidence to go into that. And so for men to understand that that often can be something that happens, that's a story that we tell ourselves, um, and helping to make sure that we're not telling ourselves that story, that we're not saying, gosh, I've got a newborn at home. I really can't you know, think about pursuing that next move because it's going to be too much of a leap. Um, I have two great men in the this new role, both of whom, when I said, I'm not sure if, I'm, if I've got the right skill set, I'm not sure I can come in and do this kind of work, they both said, absolutely, you can come and do this. And so I needed to hear them, you know, to be able to say, yes, you can do this. You don't have to have all of these, you know, have boxes done it before. Checked. You don't have to have all the boxes checked. You don't have to have these credentials or this this particular certification, we're looking for the skill set that you bring. It's one that we need. So sometimes I think men, just being being aware that they're an ally and an advocate in ensuring that they're, make, they're making the story, telling us a different story than we might be telling ourselves. Um, so I think to get those allies is to educate men about the value of 
their ability to partner with women for career growth. We may be the breadwinners, we may be the caregivers, making organizations that are supportive of people's career aspirations and encouraging people for their career aspirations regardless of gender is ultimately going to be a better workplace all the way around. Um, when we think about what our own children will experience in the workplace, mm -hmm. we want a workplace where it's their skills and abilities, not their gender, not the color of their skin, not whether or not they have a disability or not, that allows them to provide great work, great service, great great experiences and grow their careers and, and meet their needs and meet the organization needs. So I think just really reinforcing the importance that men have in ensuring that they're advocating for women, um, letting women know what they see in terms of the skill set that sometimes we don't see in ourselves, um, pushing a little bit when we need the push to say you need to take that risk. Um, there's some research that, that s tends to say, and I don't want to generalize because not all women mm -hmm. you know, would fall in this boat, but for some women, um, not checking all the boxes, not knowing that they can do the job 110% is an inhibitor, and we won't pursue the opportunity where research has said men will pursue it. Sometimes we need some men to push us and say, you can do it. You have enough of what, what's needed. You can go do that you are the right person. Yeah, that has also been a recurring theme yeah. in our podcast is that exact that exact example of wanting to check all the boxes before moving forward and mm -hmm. the importance of uh, the confidence to, to know that you can handle it, you can tackle it for sure. Anything else you want to share before we... No, I mean, I think we've covered a lot. Uh, the WNRG, yeah. I think, is a passionate place for me and I, I love what we offer and, and hope that uh, our associates are enjoying these podcasts, I'm like jazzed about podcasts now. I've already signed up for some of these and the disrupt Yay. ones from uh, the DCOE. Yeah, and this is yeah. just a great way to get information on the fly on the fly yeah. during the dash. That's yeah, it. Yeah, it's on your walking. Yeah. Not when you're walking, I would say in the car, you know, just I just love it too. I love podcasts. So we are so appreciative of your time. And oh, well, we thank, thank you, you so for much being for having here. me. And that's it for this episode. You can share your thoughts on our WNRG Buzz page or by tagging us. Hashtag WNRG podcast series. Until next time, be intentional, stay curious, and inspire others.